Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes Simple podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm joined by Ellie Acuff. Who's that? Well, I feel like the last name should be somewhat of a clue, but Ellie which stands for Laura Elizabeth. Um, my wife's mom is named Laura. My mom's named Elizabeth. Our oldest daughter, Ellie, is 18 years old. She has a college this fall, and she recently had a shadow day, a senior shadow day where you were supposed to, it feels like, from what I understood, shadow one of your heroes, um, maybe your greatest hero, somebody you wanted to be like when you grew up, and she picked me, which is if anything, a sign of my parenting. Um, what what an amazing parent I must be. But she shadowed me and I thought we should totally record a podcast together. We recently wrote a book together that comes out this fall. So I thought it'd be fun to have a conversation with Ellie Acup to get her perspective on being a teenager. She's going to ask me a bunch of questions that fit with Senior Shadow Day about my job and what I do and the way I approach goals. So I thought it'd be a really fun conversation. But first, let's hear a quick word from today's sponsor of the episode. You've heard me say it before, goals are not easy, but they are simple. Personal goals are hard enough, but if you're leading the team, that's even harder. Good luck keeping everyone on track and focused. Did you know that 92% of people don't achieve their goals? 92% according to our University of Scranton study. That means only 8% of people actually finish what they start. The good news, there's some hope. And I'm excited to share it with you today you've got to check out Leader. It's the first ever people development software that helps you and your team set clear goals and track progress over time. It's called Leader, L-E-A-D-R. With Leader, you can simplify goals for your team. You can add collaborators across the organization. You can include clear action items and updates throughout the week, all in one easy to use platform. Imagine what your team could accomplish if every employee was engaged and growing with clear goals and consistent development at every level. Contact Leader to set up a custom demo for your team today at leadr.com. That's leadr.com. More than 600 organizations are already using Leader to track goals and develop their teams. And use promo code ACUFF, that's A-C-U-F-F, for 20% off when you book a demo at leader.com. All right, let's jump right into my interview with Ellie Acuff. Ellie, thank you so much for joining me today on the All It Takes is a Goal podcast. You are the second family member I've had on this. I interviewed your mother, um, and I can't wait to to talk with you. Awesome. Okay, I have a couple questions. Okay, we're just going to jump right in. Let's go questions. Okay, Okay. let's go. I didn't know if we were going to preamble and be like, hey, what's going on? How's your life? It's kind of weird because we live together, so I know a lot about what's going on in your life. I I hope so. Yeah. Um, you live downstairs. You're mm-hmm. kind of my downstairs uh, neighbor or downstairs roommate. Yeah. So we we know we both know what's going on. So let's jump in. You wrote some questions as part of Senior Shadow Day to interview me about my job, what I do, how I do it. And um, yeah, let's jump right in. Okay. So the first one I have is what major or college classes would best prepare you for your job? For my type of job? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I majored in journalism with a focus on advertising. So 
to me, every college student on the planet, whether you're going to do my type of job, which is write books and speak and be a consultant and do online challenges and stuff like that, regardless of what job you're going to have, I think every college student should take a copywriting class. And you're headed to Stanford University in the fall um, in Birmingham, Alabama, and I will be 100% encouraging you to take a copywriting class. So really, it's learning how to write, learning how to communicate. Those are the types of classes that I think prepare somebody for my type of job. But even if you're going to be an accountant or a scientist or, you know, an astronaut, whatever, I think that you should take a copywriting class because you're always going to need to know how to clearly communicate an idea. Okay, that's some good advice. Um, Let's see. What do you wish that you did in college? Like college theme questions, but what is your biggest college regret? Oh, biggest college regret. I think not taking a semester to go study abroad. Um, Your mom had like a magical time in London. She spent like six months in London. And so for me, that's probably my number one regret. Um, and, And then, you know, we joked about this when we visited the campus. Your mom had a magical college experience and mine was very roller coastery mm-hmm. to say the least. So a lot of the stories I tell you from college are, and then I got in trouble with <laughs> blank or then I <laughs> misused this or then I wasted this portion of my potential. So I, I think overall, if I could, if I could go back to new college again, there'd be different things I'd do. Like I'd get an internship earlier. Um, I'd play more intramurals. Um, I take full advantage of the kind of magic of college versus kind of, I wouldn't um, rollerblade down that grass hill and separate my shoulder because that there was no benefit to that. The ROI mm-hmm. on that particular, no one was even there to be impressed by, by me rollerblading down a grass hill like a, like a dum-dum. But yeah, definitely not going um, to London is probably my biggest college regret. Okay, let's see. What would your teenager self think of your current career? Like, oh, I think he'd be thrilled. I think, I mean, <laughs> he wouldn't, he would be a jerk because 13, 18, really 13 to like 34, kind of grumpy. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, so I think if he would not be impressed by anything, he'd be like, who cares? Whatever. If I'm being honest, because people always say, they go, what would you, what would you say to your 22 year old self? I, I know my 22 year old self wouldn't listen. They'd be like, why are you giving me advice? I got it all figured out. But let's say my 14-year-old, my 15-year-old would actually listen. I think they'd love it. Like the idea that I get to record podcasts and write books and and travel around the world sharing ideas with people. I think I have the best job in the world. I, I tell people that all the time. I think everybody should want to do this job. So I would hope that the teenager in me who was writing poetry, like who was a very <laughs> kind of moody, tortured artist would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I could see that. Like, I could see how that 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 worked out. But yeah, I think I think that's what the teen I would hope the teenager in me would be would be thrilled with what I'm doing. Okay. Do you have a pre-speech hype song? If not, what would it be? Oh, a pre <laughs> yeah. Um no, I really don't because usually I'm trying to I'm so hyped already. I don't need to extra hype it. Like if anything I'm trying to chill because if you're going to speak to a thousand people and they're about to call your name like you're, you should already be pretty hyped. So if I did though, like Andy Mineo, um, it could be worse. I like a lot. Um, and then like a lot of other songs I wouldn't mention on this podcast probably because <laughs> then people would write me angry emails about profanity or something. When I work out, I like to listen to um, like 
a sermon for the first half or like a book on tape or something that's thoughtful. Second half of the workout, I have a pretty epic, like get hyped playlist. Um, I like NF motivated NF grinding, I think is a good song. So yeah, I, I have a couple, but now, no, now the, the longer I've done this job, the more like before, right before I speak, I'm trying to chill and get in the spot. I'm already amped. Like it's kind of like throwing a bucket of water into the ocean. Like it's already pretty full. Like it's already mm-hmm. got a lot of water. I don't need any additional amp. So on the other hand, what would be a chill song that you would listen to? Oh, like something from Moby. Um, I, you know, when I write, I listen to really like Johan Johanssonson, Engelborn. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say that. He has a, a playlist about like what Copenhagen sounds like at night. This last book I've been writing to um, Long Ambience One, Calm Period Sleep by Moby. Mm. And so like Intriguing. no words, real chill, Seeger Roths, because they're Icelandic. So you don't know what they're saying anyway. Um, I can't listen to words while I'm writing or I start to think about those words. I need it to be really chill so that I can actually think of my own words, not just listen to like a Counting Crows lyric. Gotcha. Okay. What is the best thing that you've ever gotten in like a swag bag from a company or event? Oh, oh, that's a really funny question. What's the, yeah, well, I would say that I, the only question you guys ask me when I come home from an event, I mean, in in addition to just missing me desperately, I think there's a lot of you guys, there's a lot of crying. Like, I don't think Mm. people know how much you cry when I'm gone. Um, Just constantly. Absolutely. You, uh, you wear out a spot by the window. You sit by the window with a candle and you just wait for your father to return home safely from his business trip. But one time, um, there's a woman named Lindsay Marino. She's another author. She's an amazing CEO. And she had a big group that I was speaking to in Salt Lake. And her audience loves her because she's a really good leader. So she told her audience, I want you to bring something from your state for John. Like John's coming. We love him bring one of your favorite things from your state. So all these people from all these different states came. So when I got to the hotel room, I opened the door and there were probably 200 different items arrayed in the hotel room. And Lindsay, because she's just this good, purchased this massive suitcase for me to get it all home. Like this just really, and like in a baller suitcase, it was like a Tumi or something. It was like some, like a Rolls Royce of suitcases. So that was definitely, but I will say, I've started to have clients send me Lego sets on the back half of an event. Cause I do a, a talk about like, one of the things I talk about is, is, you know, why I like Lego sets. And so just the other day, somebody sent me um, the Ford F-150 Lego set. So that like the 14 year old was probably too cool for Lego sets. Like, cause he was trying to talk to girls and wear like Z Cavaricis. We couldn't afford them, but I, I knew what they were. Um, I couldn't shop at Chess King. There's people my age right now are like, oh, that makes sense. You're probably like, that makes no sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Do you know who Sting is, by the way? Yeah, I've heard the name. I probably... <laughs> you know a lot of 80s music, but like your 80s playlist is legit. Um, like Depeche Mode, like we talk about Tears for Fears all the time. Like mm-hmm. because of Stranger Things, I think you know a lot of 80s music, but that, yeah, I, was yeah. just, I was just like, yeah, I wonder if he even knows what Sting is um, or who Sting is. But yeah, so for me, that was the that was the best. And then people in the back, like sending me Lego sets after I speak, that's that's pretty good swag too, in my in my opinion. It's not like, you know, it's not like a Rolex or something fancy, but I think that's really fun. You know, that's actually a great transition to our next question that I have is, you can only keep one Lego set. Which one is it? Oh, 
Um, it's probably the Lamborghini. I haven't even put it together yet. I've owned it for like two years and I've just been waiting. And so like, I kind of don't want to put it together because then it's done, mm. which is weird. So it's just, it's still in the box, but probably that one. I'd probably like, if I had to get rid of all of them, you could tell people like your mom is going to eventually like limit my ability to display them. I feel yeah. like that's coming. That is, she's already drawn a pretty hard line about no Star Wars sets. Because she feels like that's a slippery slope. So yeah, I would say the the Lamborghini definitely. Which color is that one again? There's the just so many. One. It's uh, the bright green one. It's in the it's in the attic. It's not even out yet. It's like a sticker. You haven't. You're too scared to stick it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saving it. I'm just. I don't want it to be crooked. Okay. Did the pandemic make your job harder or easier? And which aspects like were changed? These are good questions, Ellie. I told her she was coming on the podcast, and I'm going to ask her some questions in a little while. Um, but these are good questions, Ellie. Thanks. So it made parts of it harder, parts of it easier. It canceled all my live events. That was definitely hard. Um, but I was able to do virtual events, which aren't the same exactly, but they can still be really fun. You can still super serve an audience um, and you don't have to travel. So that, you know, so on the one hand, I missed getting to see live audiences and interact with people and, and travel all over. But on the other hand, I was really able to be home a lot more for with virtual events because I could drive to a studio in Nashville and do them in two hours versus like just the other day, I had an event in Seattle that was virtual. And so we did the event and we actually had probably more people watch it than would have watched it live. So it went well, but I also was, you know, I was gone for two and a half hours versus two days of travel. So I would say that's how it, and then it encouraged me to do stuff like this. I always tell people, you should ask the question, what would have made these last two years easier? and then go build that. So what I mean by that is like, when I asked that question, if I had a podcast at the start of the pandemic, it would have made things easier because I would have had other ideas to other ways to share ideas with people. I would have had a chance to build an additional audience, maybe even some income, but I didn't have that. So what did I do? I didn't mope about it and go, oh, I wish I'd started five years ago. I went and built a podcast and a year later, two years later, I'm glad I, I'm glad I did. So that's a question I encourage people to ask is, what would have made the last two years easier? And somebody might say, having more friends. Like there's a lot of people that felt isolated and alone. And so if that was what you would say, then go build some friendships, go figure out some ways to connect with people. Every organization in your town is looking for more volunteers. One of the greatest, fastest hacks to, to friendship is to go volunteer for a cause you care about and connect with other people that care about that cause too. So great question, Ellie. Thank you. So... What company or person would be your dream collab? Like if you guys could pair up, make some products together. Oh, I mean, Apple feels obvious. Um, I'm in the middle of a collab with Leuchtturm, the notebook company I love. So that one's going to, that I'm really excited about that. I think Lego, like if they were mm. like, hey, we want to do a writer series. I don't even know what that would look like. And I was like, what? Let's do it. Yeah, I think, I think though, uh, you know, and then like skateboard companies, like an old school, like Santa Cruz. Like I mm. have a bunch of skateboard decks. I, I gave you a vintage skateboard, you know, Rob Roscop from my childhood. So like something like that. Um, or if like Porsche was like, we're doing a special <laughs> Porsche for riders. And I was like, what? That's amazing. Um, yeah, that would be, a, I would collab on that one in about two seconds. Would you make a Lego set of your car, like of the GTI? Oh, yeah, I would love it. So I drive a VW GTI. It's like, it's the smallest car in our family. Ellie drives a 4Runner. McRae drives a 4Runner. Jenny drives a Ford Expedition. Everybody has a big car and I have like a little go-kart. Um, and nobody likes to ride with me. Mm -mm. Would you say that? Yeah, it's too small. It doesn't fit anything. 
It fits. I mean, we fit skis in it the other day, but Barely. I think y'all feel like yeah, it was one thirty in the morning, and I was like with Ellie trying to jinga these uh these skis into my tiny little hot hatch, as it were. But yeah, I would do a a, a GTI Lego set in a heartbeat. Since we're talking about cars, if you had to compare yourself and your personality to a car, what car would you be? Um. I think the GTI is a pretty good example because it does a lot of things. Now I'm much taller. Oh, you're <laughs> this. We're not going to use this video, but she's making small signs with her hands right now. Um, <laughs> she's just jealous because her little sister is bigger or is taller than her. That's been, a, she's gotten over it a little bit, but it's yeah. still a sore subject in our house. She's taller than you too. So <laughs> welcome to the club. Oh, wow. Didn't wait on that. I mean, it's interesting. A lot of guests wouldn't have said that, but I guess since you live downstairs, um, you're willing to make a jab, as it were. Um, Yeah, I would say a GTI because they're fun. They're energetic. They can do a lot of stuff. Like It's like a Swiss Army knife. Uh, Mine is bright red, so like colorful to a degree, but also not super fancy. Like I'm not super fancy. I'm, you know, I, I wear a black sweater and, and um, jeans every day because th- that's like the uniform. So they're, they're fun, they're fast, but they're simple too. I think that, that says what I feel like. Okay, I have another job question. So if you had to make a pie chart of your job, you know, you know where the pie chart is. Yeah, I'm what? familiar with the pie chart. <laughs> <laughs> My, did, you, did you ask that? Because you're like, maybe his generation doesn't understand maybe, pie charts. Maybe. <laughs> like TikTok okay. is very confusing. Yo, Ellie, let me pause for a second. Would you be cool if I got on Instagram reels and started doing like tons of Instagram reels, like dancing, joking, a lot of lip syncing ones? How would that make you feel? I'm so glad that you've asked this question on like a public level because you talk about this a lot, a lot at home. And my answer is still absolutely not. Would that be embarrassing if I was like a dad? Like, I don't know. I don't even know which one I'd do. Maybe like, what you know about rolling <laughs> down. Like I would find some song that was six months old, like a yep. trend that, yep. that was so old. And then I would, I would do a video of it and some of your friends follow me. And so a your lot friends, of them. Yeah. And you know what? They, they might see it first. Like you might not have your phone. Yeah, you they'd send school. it to me. Yeah. That's what would happen. <laughs> oh, that would be so embarrassing. Well, I'm cause not, you, you wouldn't know how to do it. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm 100% sure that it would take you either forever to figure it out or you would not be able to figure out how to make one at all. I would be so frustrated. Yeah. Like, I would be so, but like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do go little rock star and it's going to oh. be that one. Oh, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And it's going to be me doing something. Um, You know, yeah, I can't wait. Okay. But back to your pie chart. Back yes, I know what a pie, pie chart, chart is. <laughs> okay. Which aspects take up most of your job? So like, a percentage, like speaking, writing, podcasts, whatever. What I actually have like? a pie chart right <gasps> here. Like, but this wow. is actually this is actually gross revenue from last year, um, percentage wise. But I would say writing a book. If I, you know, my dream week, if it's going well, is I spend the first half of every day writing, mm-hmm. and that can be writing podcast episodes, that can be writing books, that can be writing courses, whatever it's writing. Second half is running the business. I think I have two things that I do. I try to create ideas that are as helpful as possible, like super, super helpful ideas, sticky ideas, change people's lives ideas. And then I spend the second half of the day trying to get them into as many hands as possible. So how do I share that with the world? How do I run a business? So like, those are the two biggest chunks. 
but writing new ideas. And then I would say like meetings are kind of the business side of things where you and I were doing senior shadow day today. We've got a meeting um, in about, you know, an hour from now. And so I write ideas and then I spend the rest of the day trying to get them into as many ideas as possible, uh, many hands as possible. Who is your favorite neighborhood pet? Oh, because I pet a lot of dogs in this neighborhood. Yeah, you do. I got a pretty good circuit. Oh, that's tough. Favorite cat? Easy. Ollie. Um, Diamond was second, silver place, but Diamond has, has passed away. Um, rest in power. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, favorite cat? Ollie, definitely, because Ollie always comes over our house. Favorite dog? I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with Scout. Um, Zoe's dog, Scout. Yeah. I think it's funny that Zoe will tell you that she occasionally sees me outside. She does. Because they have a fence. I'm not in their yard. Like, I'm not <laughs> creepy. Let's be clear about that. But when I run, I often end up by their house and I'll pull over for a second and I'll pet their dog. Their dog will run right to the fence, right in the corner, and I'll pet Scout. It's got to be Scout. But I think it's funny that one of your friends that you go to school with, that you swim with, is like, sometimes I look out the window and I see your dad <laughs> petting my dog. That's yeah. true. You're a regular. True. Yeah. Why? Who would you say is your number one? We live in the same neighborhood since we live in the same house. That is true. Um, I can't. I can't say Buddy because she's mine, so that your doesn't dog. count. Bird. We have a bird. We we are bird people. Which only bird, bird in the neighborhood that yeah. I know of. Yeah. Um. I, I think there could be a weird like macaw lady somewhere. There's no way I would know about it. You don't think so? No, macaw people are weird. They walk around outside with their birds. Oh, they do. So I would have definitely heard Remember about that. Remember when we saw that lady with a backpack cage on at the Grand Canyon? Yeah, it was an African gray. I remember. That was, that lady was like, I need this bird to see the Grand Canyon. And I almost <laughs> feel like, you know, I get like birds in a cage. Like, but I mean, Buddy wasn't like captured in the wild. Like Buddy yeah. was born in like an apartment in like Hendersonville or something. <laughs> um, but like an African gray, it almost feels a little mean to be like, look at all these amazing places you could fly. Now they couldn't yeah. live there. They they die in a second. A hawk would make a joke out about African gray, but so okay, you're not saying buddy, who's your go-to pet in the neighborhood? Um, I mean, Ollie is Ollie's a pretty solid cat. I do agree with you. Okay. I mean, whenever I'm outside, he always runs up, says hello. That's legit. That's legit. Okay. That I'll t- I'll accept that answer. Dog? I'm not quite sure. I don't know as many as the dog of the dog's names in the neighborhood as you do. I know not, a lot of them. You, I know more dog names than people names. And your mom always criticizes yeah. me for that. She's like, it's weird that you know Hachi's name and not his owner. I'm like, well, this is about me and that dog. It has nothing to do with that owner. It's just me. <laughs> like, and they moved out of the neighborhood, which is sad. <laughs> That's the other thing is that when you enjoy petting people's dogs, they never tell you when they're leaving. Like, mm-hmm. they never go like, hey. Because they don't know you exist usually. So they'll never like, hey, by the way, Huckleberry, the King Charles is moving. <laughs> so I hope that's okay. They just move on their own. All right. Um, I like that dog. Well, it's more of a memory that I like. When you went up to that lady when we were walking and her dog's name was Bingo and you said hi to the dog and her, didn't know that lady's name. Yeah. her name. I learned it later, <laughs> but I knew Bingo's name for like a solid year. <laughs> I eventually learned her name is Kay. So now I oh. say, hello, bingo and Kay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so true. But if people had dog names, they'd be easier to remember. Like yeah. that's, in a way, that's that's not on me. Like bingo, if I knew a person named bingo, like we would never <laughs> forget bingo's name. We'd be like, oh, this is my neighbor bingo. Where like 
if your name is like Patricia, that's not anywhere near as interesting mm. as if your name is Journey, name of another dog on our street. <laughs> and so many dogs here are named Nash, but that, you know, we live in Nashville and it's a popular name. Okay. Let's see if I have any more questions. I have some for you if you want me to jump into yeah, those. Let's, let's, let's jump transition into that. to that. Okay. Ellie, do you think, now there's a lot of people listening to this who have kids, whether they have like a four-year-old, they might have a 15-year-old. Do you think it's harder to be a kid now than it used to be or easier? That's a great question. Um, I think there's different parts of it that are easier. Like it's easier to connect with people. Like I know in your day and age, you'd have to call someone and be like, hey, you want to go do this, hang out? And like if they weren't home, like how do you reach them? You didn't. You just there were whole chunks of life where people were just not available. Exactly. So whenever I want to see my friends, I can just either text them or call them and be like, hey, you want to go do this? And I can get a hold of them most of the time. But then on the flip side, sometimes that's a bad thing because you see all these people hanging out without you. Oh, or yeah. So stuff like, like that. Like geo tracking on like Snapchat. Oh, yeah. I don't have Snapchat, but I have sometimes I'll be with friends and they'll just be like looking at who's hanging out. Like yeah. those together. Yeah, that doesn't, that's not good for the heart. No. Because you never go, I'm so glad they're spending some time away from me. You end up saying, like, <laughs> yeah. why was I invited? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's challenging. What else is easier? What else is harder? One thing that's easier, I think it's easier for school. One thing that is a lot different now is that you can see your grades at all times. Like, I remember mom saying something like, you didn't know your grade in the class until you got your report card. Yeah, so you have an instant update constantly. Yeah, I could pull it up right now and see exactly what all my grades are. Yeah, you're right. I didn't, that's why the report card was a big deal. Like mm-hmm. you, when you had a sense if you're failing or not, but you didn't know, <laughs> is it going to be a B? Is it going to be an A? So I could I could see that. I could see that being easier. If you, if you were able to say, you know, again, the podcast is all it takes is a goal. So I talk about goals a lot. So what, what's a way to encourage a kid to have goals? So I think it's, I think it's tempting as parents to be like, you got to do more goals. You got to, you know, like, and kind of sometimes we try to put our goals on your life versus letting you have your own goals. So if you could talk to parents and go, Hey, here's how to encourage a kid to have goals. Okay. That's, it's a little hard to answer because it all depends on the personality of the kid. Like I'm going to be more motivated than like, a 14-year-old boy. I feel like it's going to be easier to get me to do something than them. But it's all about figuring out like what motivates them. I think I've read something that you've written. It's like fear or... Oh, yeah. Uh, or reward. Yeah. 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 It's good motivators. So for you, what motivates you as a teenager? I'm really competitive. So either a goal in competition with someone, it's probably not the best. But I don't think that's bad. No, I don't think that's bad. I mean, that's a good motivator for you. You're not, you don't dislike the person. Like it's not mm-hmm. that there's, there's not anger there. No, I think that's a fine motivator. Yeah. But competition is definitely a big one for me. I mean, I think I'm more reward motivated than fear motivated. Like yeah. we did that book, the book challenge that we had. Yeah. So Jenny and I came up with a list of 15 books last summer that we paid y'all to read, you know, and you had some say in some of the selection. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There were a handful of business books. Most of them were fiction. So Crime and Punishment. Um, what else did you read? Count of um, Monte Cristo. Count of Monte Cristo, My Antonia. What was the what was your favorite? What was your least favorite? Um there were a couple that I started that I just couldn't get through and we had to make some changes to the list, like oh, um Scarlet Letter. It just, was it's just such a hard read. Also, the book that we bought was definitely like a dollar on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And it was the format of like an eight by eleven sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, we bought it. We bought some because some of these books are out of copy right now. So like anyone who wants to print them can print them. And so you go on Amazon and it'll be like, this came from Bill's bookstore. And you're like, Bill is terrible printing books. Exactly. And that's what happened. It was like, yeah, it was eight and a half by 11. So you quit that one. 1984, I think you liked. I liked that one. I liked uh, Count of Monte Cristo, even though it was, it was super long. Uh, I liked Of Mice and Men. That one that was a good one. Yeah, you you like that one. So with that, we we motivated you. Um, number one, there was a list so you could check them off. That's always motivational. Mm-hmm. We also paid you, um, which I think helped. And and when she says fear and reward, it's often consequence and and reward. Another way they say it is approach and avoidance. There's approach goals. If I do these three things, I approach this reward. Ellie did that. If I if I finish these books, I get this money. Um, and then there's avoidance, which is I avoid, if I do these three things, I avoid a negative situation. And sometimes it can be as simple as I've got an accountability partner who's asking me questions and I don't want to disappoint them. So I do the work so that I can say, Hey, I did the, I did the work and I avoid that little pain of, of disappointing them. Ellie, what do you think parents don't know about being a modern teenager? Like what's something that you're like, I think, I think parents assume it's this, but it's actually this, or this is a challenge. This other thing's not a challenge. What don't we get right about teenagers as parents? That's a hard question. Let's see. Definitely probably more on the social media side. I don't think they realize how nuanced it is. Ah, wow. Nuanced. Yeah. Look, Look at you. Like everything. There's all these unspoken rules on social media that you like just don't do or like you do. And I think that's something because they are not our age. They just don't understand. What percent, if you had to guess, what percent of people that you go to high school with, do their parents know what they post? There are some people that I feel like post stuff that their parents definitely don't know. I would say probably not very many, maybe 10%. Only 10% of parents aren't dialed in? Yeah, I mean... The people that I follow, I would say only 10%. I'm like, wow, if my parents saw what I was posting <laughs> on there, then... <laughs> yeah, we'd have a conversation. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think the nuance is really interesting because I think sometimes maybe we don't... Because we don't understand, we overreact. Or mm-hmm. we don't know we don't know what to, to react to. Even something simple, your sister... And I, are you the same way? Do you not have caps turned on and you're... You're texting that. Yeah, that's basically a universal thing. Like I can only think of like maybe less than five people my age that have their auto caps turned on. Why? Why? What is what is your generation's problem with auto caps? I don't know. It's it's something that everyone has always done. Like I can list off the people in my phone who don't use who use capital letters. That's so because every time like. There's occasionally times where I have to text something 
mm-hmm. from you to somebody else, like a teacher or explain something where I have to jump in um, to help with something. And I'm like, oh, these, there's no punctuation. There's no, uh. what frustrates you about like the perception of some of your generation? Like, do you feel like you get overlaid with like, oh, you always joke, like if I'm on my phone and you come downstairs, you go, oh, screenager. You, just, <laughs> you always call me a screenager. Do you feel like you guys get mislabeled as you're always on your phone, um, you're lazy, you're entitled? Like, what are the negative things that you're like, that's not fair. We're not like that. We're, you know. Now, since I'm in that generation, I feel like I'm not hearing as much from other generations. For oh. example, like I see stuff about millennials all the time. But, but you're I, you're not a millennial. I'm not a millennial. I'm Gen Z. So I don't see much, I guess, flack on Gen Z. But I guess some people would say we are on their phones a lot. And I agree. But I also think everyone's on their phones a lot. It's not just teenagers. Which is why you call me a screenager if you come downstairs yeah. and see that I'm on that I'm on my phone. That's, oh, I use screenager all the time. Like ironically, like it's so funny. That's so funny. That is, yeah, you, you call me out on that um, constantly. So I'm curious, what do you think, when you think about the future, you're 18, you're headed to college, what are the things you're excited about? What are the things that you go, you know what, this part of the world, like, are there things you're excited about? Are there things you're nervous about? You know, your generation as you kind of head out into the next phase of life? Um, I'm really excited to start college. Um, I have a couple of friends there already. And what I've seen is that, yeah, you're doing school. It's different than high school. But something that's fun about living on campus was with a bunch of people is that like you can just have sleepovers like whenever you want. Yeah. Like I called my friend last night and she was in, it was like nine, 10 o'clock. And she's just hanging out with her friends before yeah. she went to bed. She didn't ask anybody either. She just No, she just yeah. walked down the hall. So some things like that, it's a completely different community. It's like being at camp all the time. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a special season. Who do you think is going to more likely to cry when we drop you out of college, me or your mom? Oh, you. Did you want to think about your answer a little longer? No, I didn't. Um, (laughs) Me and my friend. So my friend is going to college with me and our parents are probably going to drop off us together. And I think you and her dad you're going to be riding in the car, just do you trying think to keep I'll it together. A, do you think I'll make a playlist for the ride down? Like some like collection of super like dust <laughs> super, in the wind? Like, super moody. You are yeah. kind of, you can be kind of moody. I mean, <laughs> your poetry career. I've read some of those poems. They're real moody. <laughs> where, where did you find the poems? Like the, whatever the bluebird or the cardinal one. Oh uh, yeah, like, that was super. That was a short story. It was so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that we've both created, one or things that the Hickam House has created, every year you create me a meme guide to mm-hmm. help explain memes to me. You told me you felt like your generation was living in the golden age of memes. What did you, what did you mean by that? You know, something unique about the internet is that it kind of gives all these people these shared experience. So like, for example, something that's happening right now is Wordle. You know, I bet everyone has heard of Wordle. It's popular across all ages. But what's nice about it is that it's only one word and it's the same every day. So I'll go on TikTok and sometimes I'll see people posting about that word of the day and everyone who's played it understands it. Mm. So 
that is a good thing about the internet. It gives everyone this kind of, you know, so, like solidarity and experience. For example, everyone my age thinks that the day everything started to end for COVID was March 13th. So like, that's just a day that's socially acceptable as when it felt different. That's what the, that's the end date you guys speak about. Yeah. And it like people make memes about like March 13th or whatever. So that's really the golden age of memes. Is that you're all in it together, that there's lots of ways to create really amazing stuff, which feels like it kind of sounds like you're trying to talk me into doing Instagram reels. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they'd be fire. See what I just, I use fire uh, in a way that, <laughs> is that old? Well, okay. No, I, I use fire. Okay, what are some old things that we shouldn't say? Parents, like this is your chance. You've got a big, I mean, massive podcast. You know your dad is very successful. Mm -hmm. Um, This podcast is so, like people in other countries like Canada listen to it. So if you have a big microphone to tell parents like, hey, please stop using these phrases. What phrases should parents retire? Um, Some things that our generation kind of doesn't like is the laughing, crying emoji, you know? You know that one? Oh, like if on a text, like if you say something to me? Yeah, it's kind of been pushed out by teenagers. And so really only millennials and your age use it. Millennials. I think you you said anyone not your age is considered like a millennial or older. Yeah. Um, You're like, yeah, that's so millennial. That's Mm -hmm. what's funny is I think millennials don't know yet that like younger generations see them and they're like, and y'all are old fashioned. What you're yeah, doing? Yeah, they're getting old. They still think they're teenagers, but they are. They are getting old. So just the crying emoji. What about words like lit, savage? Oh yeah, those. Any word from like really before 2017, you know, like get on fleek. Oh yeah, I don't lit. say that one. Yeah, lit. I don't really think there. I don't say lit. All I say is dude. I say dude a lot. That's fine. Um, but that feels like it's beyond age. Like that's from like- It's timeless. 50s. Yeah, exactly. It's timeless. That is that is so true. Okay, well, I'll make sure that listeners um, ret- retire those. So we wrote a book together um, recently about, it's essentially soundtracks for teenagers. So mm-hmm. soundtracks is this book I wrote about overthinking. And we realized so many teenagers have soundtracks that are broken that if they listen to new ones would change their mindset. What do you think- are some of the broken soundtracks teenagers struggle with? Um, let's see. Some would be about like everyone else is hanging out without me or having a better time or like something from social media definitely is that everyone's life is more fun than mine because uh, yeah. they're only Instagram is very curated. Like, I know people in circles who will do an event just so that they can take pictures and show that they did it. But they didn't really enjoy the event. Well, yeah, like school dances, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's less about the actual event and more about the the image. Mm-hmm. So something that people might think is, wow, my life is not that fun. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody else is having more fun than me. Everybody else is all together. I'm the only one that doesn't have a car or I'm the only mm-hmm. one that doesn't have the latest phone. So it's kind of, it's, those are the kind of soundtracks you think teenagers have. Yeah. And then stuff like, I'm never going to 
be able to do well in college or like, I wish I had done this differently to get into college or yeah. like, I wish I had chosen where I wanted to go earlier. Like I have some friends who are really, who have like several different college options and are kind of stuck in this. They have too many options. They feel stressed about that. Yes. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, only one more question and then I'll, okay. I'll let you go. Um, you're downstairs on upstairs because I only own my one microphone. You're actually upstairs too. You're in, you're in our closet. Um, yep. Is it hard having a dad this famous? Like, do you ever find that? Is that a burden for you? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is it, does it feel stressful? You know, I really thought you were going to ask something along these lines, either so famous or so funny. I was in between those two, but. <laughs> you thought I would ask that? Yeah. Well, somebody the other day did say to you, is your dad always this funny? And you said he is. And he constantly tells me that. Yeah. I do think <laughs> it's nice to have a funny dad because sometimes I'd be around other dads and they're not as funny. <laughs> Are they serious? What do you like? Yeah. A little serious, more quiet. Like you always interact with my friends and always make them laugh. So I wore Jordans the other night when your friend came over just to show them. Yeah, like, you, I wanted, you I went, went and poked him. I was like, look, look. I was like, Nate, look, I got Jordans. <laughs> I got these low top J's. Yeah, and he was like, hey. Yeah, you're. I think your friends are funny, though. I think they've got great sense of humor. So it's not hard for the fame. I mean, like, I don't really get confronted with it a lot. I say, <laughs> <laughs> I say you're more, um, what's it called? Regionally famous. And like, you have like little pockets, like yeah, Birmingham, well, Nashville. I don't know where else you go. I, I think that's about it. I think yeah. Birmingham is mostly Sanford campus. It's not it's, even Excuse Burbank, me. Like, Homewood, little Sanford campus. Yeah, I could be I could be downtown Birmingham. And no, I just think that's such a funny question to me. Um, because I, whenever your mom and I, if somebody says, oh, hey, I read one of your books. I like your book. When I walk away, I say to her, and you get to spend the whole day with me. Then <laughs> yep. you only got to see me for five minutes and you get access to this father this husband and so it is a it is a running joke in our family yes yeah. it's, it's definitely a running joke real last question what would you say as a final encouragement to parents i think there's a lot of parents afraid of teenagers because we have this kind of vibe in our our culture that's like teenagers are terrible they're super they're challenging oh the teen they hate you during the teenage years so what would you say to parents as a final encouragement about raising a teenager um, I think it's good to to treat teenagers like they're adults. So with like they're little small adults that are learning how to grow up in the world. So I think it would be a good encouragement to think of them as like real people with they can have consequences and rewards, but they're no longer like depending on you for every single little thing. They still depend on you for a lot, but not exactly. They're becoming more independent. I think that's... That's a that's a great answer. And I, I would say I saw that with you and Amy, your small group leader, that it's hard for parents when this transition happens, but it's the right transition, that there are things you tell Amy you don't tell me. And, mm -hmm. that, and you should. Like, that's part of having other adults in your life. And like, I think as a parent, you're like, oh my gosh, they'll tell me everything. And no, you have other people and other friends. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. And I think that's so, so healthy. So yeah, so, and your mom and I think about that way as like, we're not raising kids, we're raising adults. Like yeah. we're raising 
And then, you know, one thing we always said with you growing up is like, if you want a nice 16 year old, teach a six year old kindness and give them 10 years to practice. Exactly. It's, it's hard. Like when they're 18 to be like, Hey, I'm going to start <laughs> talking about discipline now. And you like the kid was a jerk at eight. You never dealt with it. That's, that's, a, that's definitely a challenge. Well, that was awesome, Ellie. Well, thank you for being on my show. Usually I end with going, where can people find you? But, um, there's no, <laughs> until the book's no. out, there's no, all your accounts are, are private. So there's no like, go, go read this website. They can find you in the closet on the same floor I'm in. Yeah. Um, right there, right they now. They can find you in Franklin, uh, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And this fall, they'll be able to find you at Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Ellie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I did. Great talking with you. Thanks, Ellie. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to my interview today with Ellie. We'll put any links or anything like that in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. We hit our goal of over a thousand reviews on Apple. That is so fantastic. Thank you for doing that. When you've got a podcast that's in the first year or so, it's always helpful to have lots of reviews and you guys are crushing those. So thank you for taking the time to write those. Please make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever it is the kids are saying these days. And please write a review. Don't forget, visit www.leader.com to set up a custom demo for your team today and discover why more than 600 organizations are already using Leader to track goals and develop their team. Use promo code ACUF to take 20% off. See you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.